Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And I'm honestly just hoping that this episode makes it out into the into the world, because we're recording this on a leak day, and frankly, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means, like I don't I don't know if that means that it like just like it's sucked up like into a into a void. I don't know. Yeah, I mean this is gifted time, so maybe it, it doesn't exist. Although I did see something on in tic, uh, in a TikTok this week that was uh salaried employees griping about how like today is like not like how is today a paid like day? Like, and I'm like, are we are we serious? You just get paid when you're a salary employee. Like, you just get paid. Like, is this what we're doing? Time is not real. Time is all fake. Time, money, all a social construct. Like, just and all of it. Daylight makes me savings feel, time. <laughs> all of it makes me feel awful. Yeah. All of it. Time and money, not my favorite things. Just take advantage of the fact that every four years, for some reason, we get an an extra day. And there's a whole sect of humans that only get a real birthday every four years. Could you imagine? No. Uh, You would be insufferable. I would be, yes. Uh, Also... It's kind of Laura's birthday week. I don't really know how to celebrate it as we like are recording on like a Thursday into a Friday and releasing on a Friday and Laura's birthday is not technically like in the week that we're dropping this this episode on, but like the next time we record her birthday will have passed. So like I'm trying to decide like how do we set like is this your birthday episode or is next episode your birthday episode? Like which one is or how about this? They're both your birthday episode. Oh, okay. Are you into that? So this is like a pre-birthday and then a post-birthday. Yes. Birthday Eve, if you will. Gotcha. So happy birthday, Eve. Thank you. You're so welcome. And I'm so excited to be gracing you with my presence for your birthday. (laughs) I'm excited to be graced by your presence for my birthday. It's going to be great. I really hope that my car makes it down there. That's my biggest fear (laughs) at this point. I also hope that your car makes it down here. I will yabba dabba do that shit. I will Fred Flintstone that <laughs> shit down to Columbus, Ohio if I need to. Because I don't know that my car will make it to get you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, at that rate, like, we're just the, you know what I mean? Like, we are the helpless leading the helpless at that point. Like, we are so out of luck. Like, <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> oh, my God. Um Laura, how are you this week? I feel like we haven't talked about this week. This is like our real catch-up time. This is like, which is indicative of how I'm doing this week, I feel like, more than anything. But how are you doing? Um, it It's a complicated week. I will say in general, I am doing fine. Um, but it's a complicated week, so... Again, not to be like in being vague, it is a complicated week, but my birthday is on Saturday and I normally don't like, like, I love my birthday. We went over this in the last episode. I am a middle child. My birthday means everything to me. It is the one time a year that is just about me. Um, And, but normally I like, have a weirdness about ever since I turned 30 um, each year is a little, a little bit harder after that. But this year is just, I'm grateful for this year. So in a weird way, which will make, I don't know if it'll make sense to anyone, but I'm grateful. And yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I'm so happy that you're coming home. Um, and yeah, I'm just, it's going to be interesting, but we're going to have a good time. I kind of have things planned. 
Um, I can't wait. I think the plans sound exquisite. They're not really plans. They just sort of gave up and like felt discouraged, but it's going to be great. They're a little more baked than you think, than I think you're giving yourself credit for. Well, we'll see. I am very excited for something though. And I can't wait to post it on our social media and blow her shit up because I'm so excited. Yeah, no, I am also very excited about that very specifically. <laughs> Celebrating you, of course, but that's that part I'm excited about. I'm getting my first ever fancy birthday cake. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's getting made by a listener who we love, Jess, who is a professional pastry chef who, ironically, we grew up in the same hometown. Because why wouldn't you have... I know it's crazy. We're just a few years apart in age. So like we didn't go to school together. Um, But yeah, she's been a listener since basically like day one and uh, we interact frequently. And I reached out to her because I just really wanted a special birthday cake for this birthday. And we collaborated and had a super fun text conversation about what I wanted and what my dream birthday cake would look like. And she sent me these sketches last Sunday and I was like over the moon with them. And I picked one and I'm picking it up on Saturday morning. And I'm so excited. Oh, I cannot wait. I am so excited for you. This is going to be so good. This is, I think a good lesson to people to like celebrate yourselves and like to be like, okay doing that and to do it more often i think that we need to normalize it because like this is such a fun thing that you're doing for yourself i just really like she makes the most beautiful cakes and i just yeah i really not that like the grocery store cakes that i've gotten my entire life haven't been beautiful and lovely but like this is like special and the flavors are really special um it's a vanilla bean cake with raspberry jam and lemon chantilly cream and i'm so excited oh my god well you also like you are the person in your life that like does not luck out by having the best friend who's a baker like everybody else who's in your life has right like even if i know i know you've been hard on yourself like say like you're not like the world's like most like master decorator or whatever have you but um Everybody in Laura's life has had some sort of master class, like birthday dessert at some point in their life. And so I'm just happy that this is like happening for Laura in this way. Like this feels like the payback and like in a good way. Payback sounds like revenge. I don't mean it like that. But like this feels like something that you deserve in the best of ways. I think so. Which feels big for you to admit. That feels like growth. Come on, growth on the podcast. Give it up for growth on the podcast. (laughs) I'm just so excited. It's going to have my name on it. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. I can't wait. It's sparkly. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. And I cannot wait to try it after gardening. We're gardening? You're not on that side of TikTok, are you? <laughs> no. Never mind. Okay. Okay. I'll just be confused. That's fine. But yes, I can't. And I can't wait to just shout Jess's talents from the rooftops. Not that she needs my endorsement, but I'm just so excited. And we love her so much. So. Oh, gardening. <laughs> Laura's there now. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Laura. Everybody, Laura. It's been a very hard week. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> We're just leaning on week. Year life existence. It's fine. Yeah, um, it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, so that's really all that's new with me. What's new with you? Um, Nothing's really all that new. I think I am just as tired, just as exhausted. All of the things that I think I was when we last recorded. Um, I, I think that I'm living in a weirdness right now. <laughs> I... I don't know how to describe it. Um, I do have to say that one weird thing that is like kind of my my current Roman Empire that I need everybody to like bear with me on. I need to know like what is everybody's like 
weird thing that you are a member of on Facebook? Like what weird group you're a member of on Facebook? And I need like everyone. Oh, I have one, but I cannot say it on the podcast. <laughs> and I am okay with that. You can hold on to that if you need to. And I'm at peace with that. But I'll tell one... you afterwards. Cause... Okay, great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I am in one, which is like not like it's like not bad. It is just like a greater Grand Rapids like scanner page, like Facebook page for it. And it's strictly because somebody had sent me a screenshot of a work event that I was working had like been responded to like by this page or like by like a police police scanner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that wasn't very clear. I thought Um, maybe it was like coupon codes. I was like, you're so, don't use coupons. I'm couponing now, everybody. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome in. This is actually now a show about couponing. And I promise you it could be more exciting than if we talked about the Columbus Blue Jackets for an entire hour. Um, So we, (laughs) God, I'm the worst. Anyway. Um, Oh, my ADHD. Scanner. Yes, scanner page. Yeah. So I um, am in this Facebook page now just to, like, make sure that, like, if anything regarding my students, because all my students, like, live in off-campus housing, like, all that kind of stuff, I just want to make sure that I can see it and be aware, basically. But also, like, it's every scanner. Like, it's every, it's everything that comes in. Um, And it sucks. It's like really fucking sad. Like, I don't want to make any, like, nothing is funny about it. Um, like, at all. But some of these are like, some of these posts are insane. <laughs> it's like rough. Just um, the happenings my, in and around. Oh, that's my current Roman Empire. And I mean, like, like, we're talking like, it's like posts about people just like, peaced out like really no. sad yeah like it's really sad like but it because it's like every police call like right so it's like all these right like it's everything it's bad do you have a lot of murders in your area no it's not usually it's usually or it's not. like people found dead yeah it's usually that one and it's yeah yeah Aww. it's yeah so it's just like a really like wild facebook page to be a part of and it's been jarring the last few days like i've logged in i don't know if this is good for your mental health you and a lot of people you and a lot of people especially this time of year i don't think this is a good thing yeah i we beat around the bush a lot about certain mental health things but i'm in the the, i'm in the era i don't know if it's because this is like the leap day and so i'm just feeling like this is a bonus day where words don't matter um and i'll regret everything that i'm about to say right now um but yeah, for those who maybe like were like sometimes a little bit unclear about like what this time of year means for me, my mom died on March 18th. <laughs> so this is always like a little bit extra like chaotic of a time of year for me. Um, and so that's what Laura is referring to. Um, really the only day in March that he enjoys is my birthday. Yeah, everything else can be lit on fire. March 2nd is really where I draw the line. Um I actually think that Laura's birthday is just February 31st. <laughs> That's what I tell her all the time. Um, and then the rest of it is just what it is. But yeah, no, I'm generally doing okay though. I'm just, like I said, like still like, exhausted, still really tired and dealing with weird Facebook groups. So unless you're Laura and going to potentially get our podcast canceled for saying what you're a Facebook group member of. It I don't think she's going to get us. She's get just, canceled. It's just, it's very obscure. Yeah. So it's she's like very obscure. And I, <laughs> I can't tell it on the podcast. So, cause it was, it's just too obscure to, yeah, it just, I can't. Is it, does it have to do, can I guess like the, the niche or like, can I guess like the, like, sure. Does it have to do with like the the like music sect of your life? No. <laughs> okay, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was gonna be like a weird. You think like, it wasn't like a weird like um, like tribute emo, page to like yellow card? Yeah, like. <laughs> no, I would be proud of that. I would that's be fair. like super proud. Um, I think I've weeded most of those out from my Facebook at least. Okay. Um, no, this happened. This has to do with photography. Oh, okay. I can't wait to hear about it off off of the podcast. And not like weird, like it's a 
Yeah, it has to do with photography, but it's not weird. Laura is painting herself into a corner. Like, Laura, like you are making this worse. Like it was like fine before you were like. <laughs> It was like nobody was talking about it. Nobody was gonna say anything about it until you were like, "No, we're not gonna say what it is." But like, it's about this thing. You're the one who wanted to know the general subject. <laughs> that is true. That is my fault. Um, but no. So, Laura, I, you and I are doing that thing again. It's that time of year. We're doing that thing. Where we just don't want to talk about Blue Jacket talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where we're, like, trying to figure out, like, how we can talk about anything other than. Um, I will say, I do have one quick thing that I want to say. I apologize for who I am as a podcast host over the course of the next few weeks. And it's because I have a bad feeling that I'm going to start emulating or trying to emulate a lot of who um, Caleb Heron is in their podcast, in his podcast that he just started up, up again. Um, he's that one comedian that I'm obsessed with. Do you remember mm. him? I think just so. started another podcast called So True, and he just released an episode with Brittany Broski. Oh, and okay. It's very good. He's very funny, and so and so you're gonna try and emulate that? Yeah, there'll be a couple of bits that I try to throw in, so I apologize in advance for that. But okay, you know I'm not great with the bits, but yeah, I know that's why I'm a little nervous. We'll give but it a try. Sounds great. But Laura, we should probably talk about the Blue Jackets at some point, though. I mean, probably. Do we have to, though? Mm, technically, no. Yeah, this is our podcast. Yeah, that's a good point. No one's like holding our hands in, to the fire. But... We are in control. We, we can do whatever the, the hell we want, to be honest. But, um, I mean, things aren't uh, going great, as per usual. I mean, like, we, we've been talking about, like, how do we talk about the games? Like, I think... I, Correct us if if we're wrong, right? Because I think that we're open to this feedback. I you don't want to really probably hear a lot of like recaps of the games at this point. Right. Like unless we're seeing something astronomically different than what has been happening, like you don't need to hear that. And we don't really want to talk about it. I mean, it's worth talking about, I think, to some extent that you know, Alex Nylander scored his first goal as a blue jacket tonight. Uh, you know, again, recording this on Thursday. So, uh, you know, worth noting that that happened against Carolina, but that's really it, right? I mean, like, you're not really, like, missing <laughs> in terms of what's happening on the ice, right? Like, nothing is really new here. Yeah, I think that for right now in the in the season, not just, like, the, the hockey season, but in this season of life for the Blue Jackets, like, um I don't know that fans would be super into that. I mean, we're not super into it because it's kind of painful to just rehash like some of these games. Um, but we were talking, you texted me earlier and said, um, you know, I can't wait to, <laughs> can't wait to do this podcast when they're actually good and winning. It's like, and I said, it's already fun to do this show, but, like, it's going to be elite fun when they're, like, on a tear and winning and we're having, like, a super great season. And then we will be doing, like, game recaps because we'll have, like, fun things to talk about. Like, Boone got a hat trick or, you know, Adam Fantilli did two Michigan goals in one game. Oh, well, I mean, I just remember, like, going to bed. I Like, I remember when we were up like two nothing or three nothing on Tampa and then like even into like the Boston series. Like I remember going to bed and just like checking Twitter and just like reading people talking about the how the blue jackets, this like run that they were on and how like special it was and this that and the other thing. Like I could have recorded I would have been back on my season one of subjectively speaking bullshit recording an episode after every game kind of bullshit once they're on that tear, like we'll be doing that. I don't doubt that for us for a second. Um, so like, maybe it's, maybe it's good that this season of our life where we're both at like mentally and physically, like maybe it's good that they're like not doing great. Um, but <laughs> once they do, man, it is just going to be like insane. Like they're just gonna, we are going to take off. Yeah. So we're, we're saving that energy for the future. So are they apparently. <laughs> 
I don't know how many different, I should have counted today how many times uh, Bucci on the ESPN broadcast called Columbus a young team. I mean. <laughs> young team in Columbus. It, it's what you have to rely on, right? Like, I mean, like, and it's what you have to hope that people recognize you for. It's what you have to hope that people, like, identify you as. Because if people look at you and they see you as a team that has a lot of your foundation already set, like, they're going to, like, be pretty sad for you. Like, they don't want to look at this team and be like, that's what the, you have to look forward to for the next six to eight years. Like, oh, oh, no, no. Like, let's not do all that. Uh, let's. How about we fix that? I also thought it was funny that they were kind of like, I don't want to say grasping at straws, because there are definitely things to talk about when it comes to Columbus. But, like, I think they mentioned Damon Severson's contract probably four times in one broadcast. And I was like, Okay, we all know that he signed for eight years. What's so fine? <laughs> hey, when you only get like one like national national broadcast, <laughs> you got to get all the info about the team in it in the one broadcast. I did see that um, people were making a little bit of a stink on social media that Bucci called Mar- Marchi Krill the Thrill because yeah, I'm that's the other bad. guys, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, like, yeah, I do tend to agree. Like, that that nickname's claimed. I don't know. I just... But, but isn't, also, it, like, isn't it someone who plays on the Devils? They call him Johnny Hockey. Oh, yeah, but that one is, like, intentional. Like, th- like that, to me, is, like, a marketing team, like, intentionally poking fun at, like, a whole, like... Which is actually shocking to me that they do that because Johnny has that trademarked. Listen, you can take it up with their legal team. I don't know shit about <laughs> fuck. But, like, I, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But it's, um, yeah, it, um, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. I don't know what you're going to say either. I was just really happy that your ESPN Plus was still logged in on my TV. Hey, I'm happy. To, I'm there for you, friend. <laughs> I was really, I I almost was going to have to be like, I'm going to have to text him for the password. Nope. (laughs) I'm loyal. Unlike other friends that I share accounts with that change their password and don't tell me. No, I would never. Shout out you, Aaron. Disney Plus. Damn, not Disney Plus. (laughs) Disney Plus is crazy. But, well, Laura, the only, I mean, like, the biggest thing going into, obviously, like, tonight's matchup well one it was interesting i think against the carolina that you had a matchup in that against spencer martin uh obviously he was claimed by carolina uh in this whole like blue jackets goaltending trio debacle um so that's where he ends up um you know obviously like he gets the last laugh but you know, in the midst of this whole like um, two games and two nights back to back situation for the Jackets, they played in New York. Um, you know, on on Wednesday night they come back home. They play Thursday night against Carolina. You know, obviously they they lose Kent Johnson in the midst of that. Um, you know, it's an upper body injury that we don't know a ton about necessarily at this point. He's out indefinitely. Um, so obviously, like, you know, it's it's almost March. Like we're not like dealing with a ton of time left on the season, but you're obviously like hopeful to some extent, right. That like he isn't out long-term, but indefinitely like usually doesn't mean great things, but also like. Is he someone that could get sent down to help Cleveland? Yeah. He's not waiver eligible. Like he, he's like, he would have to be like, he wouldn't have to be, he wouldn't have to pass through waivers. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we don't want him you know, out for a super long time, but it would be nice that if Cleveland continues on this tear that we're, that they're going on, that if need be, we could send, you know, people like Kent down um, to give them a little added boost as they go into the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully he is better right around the end of March or so. Oh, without a doubt. I saw uh, it was a lot of fun to see the monsters play here in Grand Rapids a few, uh, like a week or so ago. Uh, and Trey Fixelansky did not make any friends in Grand Rapids. 
I wouldn't uh, suppose so. I mean, he hasn't really been making any friends anywhere they've played. Like, yeah. he himself is on, like, talk about someone who uh, thrives in the AHL, and that is Trey Fix Like, just, he's broken, like, five Monsters records this season. Like, it's just insane. He had his own bobblehead with the Monsters. Like, he's just... He's way over a point a game uh, player right now for them. So, I mean, yeah. he's impactful at the AHL level. Like, there is no denying that. Yeah, absolutely. And they're doing really well. Like, my mom called me today and said my brother was contemplating taking my two nephews to a Monsters game because um, they had like a $10 ticket special or something like that. And I was like, absolutely. Like, take them. They're playing really good hockey and they're winning right now and you know AHL games are fun like they do so much more stuff than they do in the NHL and I was like tell them to go on a Friday because they have three two one Fridays and it's three dollar beers two dollar pops and dollar hot dogs so it's a real cheap night out especially for my two nephews who are 10 and 9 and could probably eat their body weight in hot dogs Correct. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's a real winner of a night up there for them for sure. But so yeah, I'm glad you got to see them though. No, that was good, and it was on a night where they do two dollar beer and two dollar hot dogs. So I was really afraid of seeing all of my students. And then all of the hot dog vomit. Oh god, <laughs> I'm afraid of that. Yeah, as you should be. Um. One last personal thing, and then we'll get back to the hockey. I still have not had beer since I started taking that medication that kills my carbonation taste. Oh, I didn't realize you hadn't had a beer since then. I'm worried about it. I'm nervous about it. That's why I haven't. Are you going to have a beer this weekend for my birthday? No, probably not. I'll probably drink, but I probably won't have a beer. Oh. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Well, maybe you can taste someone's beer. Yeah, just see what happens. It won't be mine because you know I don't drink beer. So. No, yeah, no, it won't be yours. That's for for damn sure. <laughs> but anyway, back to the hockey. Uh, so yeah, so obviously, like that changes up some things, uh, for the Blue Jackets counting out. But you know, obviously, not too much changes, and the result doesn't change. You know, really for the Jackets. I mean, it's a game that, you know, I think probably on the score sheet ends up being like. It ends up being more competitive on the score sheet than last night's does, of course. But, you know, it's still a pretty competitive matchup. You know, they don't look terrible uh, per se, but they also don't look great. Um, and so yeah, they get a power play tell. goal against Carolina, which that is Alex Nylander's goal, which, you know, that's cool uh, to, you know, that power play goal is important to be able to, remind yourself that you can do it is always great whenever you can it make did, it happen it did push them when they were when it was three two and they really pushed and they pulled terry with like three and a half minutes left to go and they did really push to try and tie it up but like i yeah. always say us pulling our goalie never goes well like i don't think there's been a time this season where we've pulled the goalie and the other team hasn't scored on us. Like we're just not good. I mean, the, com the compete level is always just lower, right? Like the compete level for our, for us is always just so much lower than it is for whoever we're playing against. And so like, yeah, I mean, it almost never works out. Right. I mean, they and, and that's also why we get scored on six on five too. Right. Like it's also why other teams can find a way to score on us in that scenario. Right. I mean, we made a really conscious effort tonight. I think this was probably the most I've seen them this season really, like, really intentionally stop the other team. Like, when they were chasing to try and get an empty net goal, like, that's the only time I've seen Ivan Provorov stop someone in doing that scenario. Like, most of the time he gives up, and that's how we get scored on, because he doesn't chase them down. But, um you know, this was probably the most effort in a six on five that I've seen this season. But I also know that they were tired. Like they played a hard game against New York on Sunday 
And then they played another hard game last night against New York, got home at like two o'clock in the morning and then had to play immediately again today. So I'm sure they were tired and Carolina's good. And yeah, like also to, to that point, exactly. Like you're playing two teams back to back nights that are like what currently are they the top two teams in the Metro? Yeah. New York is number one and Carolina's number two. So, I mean, okay. Right. Like, and Carolina's road record is really good. I want to say it's like 10, one and one in their last 12. Yeah, I mean, road like, games. Like, Car- well, and I know Carolina. I think to some extent has really come on as of late too. So like, it's these are two teams that like you're the playing at the level that you're playing at. Like you're not gonna meet them where they're at. Like I'm not expecting that per se. So the the compete level tonight against Carolina, I'm pretty okay with, especially when you've got a player out like Ken Johnson. Like uh, I'm pretty okay with that. And also like, you know, he's not the only one, right? Like they're down some other players in some other areas too like well yeah like andrew peak hasn't played in how long and he got swapped in for adam boquist today like right you know so he's pretty cold um terry hasn't played in almost a week so like it just you know they tried wasn't the best effort we also historically have a terrible record against carolina like, I don't remember the stat that Jeff tweeted today, Jeff Sabota, um, but it's something like we only have, like, three regulation wins against Carolina in, like, the last five years or something like that. It's a crazy. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's a good stat. Like, crazy stat. I hate that. Um, yeah, we just historically don't play well against Carolina. I'm, I'd like for us Except to... for that one time that we, like, shut them out in Carolina. Yeah, they were actually like, how about you never the fuck do that again? (laughs) And so it's almost like, because don't we also have, we have a terrible record when we play in Nashville too. Yeah. Well, and that comes from like playing in the same division as them when we were playing in the Western Conference still. But yeah, no, Carolina, after that game against them and when we beat them, I think it was like six to nothing, right? On ESPN, they were like, hey, Columbus, can we talk to you over here for a second? Like, can we just real quick over here? Like, like if you try that shit with us one more fucking time, we'll over for you in a fucking second, you stupid fucking bitch. And they just like, since then, it's been, it's just yeah. been a no-go. It's been a no-go for them. So it's been it's been tough, but, you know, it's it's not all bad. It's not all bad in Columbus. Uh, well, for one, kudos. Obviously, like, there's a lot of stuff, I think, to come out from this still. But the game against Carolina was Military Appreciation Night. And our good friends from the artillery got a chance to be some um, official game day correspondents. Somewhat similar to the scenario that we had uh, set up with Hockey is for Everyone with the Blue Jackets. So we're really looking forward to going over there and seeing a lot of the content that they uh Put out. I know they put out some stuff here during the game, but um, I know they've got some stuff that they'll have from the game. Um, some of those like more long form interviews that they did, and so I'm excited to see that. So uh, kudos to them. I didn't, I didn't want to talk about the game against Carolina without touching on that, without giving yeah. them their flowers for that. So yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, boys. Well deserved. Um, yeah, check out their their Twitter and their Instagram. Their Instagram stories has a lot of sort of behind the scenes stuff on it from today. Um, And I know that they got to, like Jeremy said, do a lot of cool content. Um, And yeah, we were very excited. We were retweeting all our shit today. So hopefully they had a lot of fun. Without a doubt. And so, like I said, though, not all things are bad in Columbus. And we know that to be true just as much as the next person. But uh, apparently, so Scott Wheeler, Scott Wheeler of The Athletic is doing his annual, uh, you know, prospect pool rankings. And once again, the Columbus Blue Jackets come in at number three for him. They were number three last year. And so no difference there now, in part because some players uh, never really entered the prospect conversation. Uh, you know, I don't really understand fully, you know, his why in terms of. You know, I guess I could like just like you know do my research, but uh, we're not journalists here. Uh, we just talk. Um, but 
there's some players in his uh like prospect pool that I would be like, why are they prospects? But the other players aren't. So like Adam Fantilli, he doesn't consider a prospect, but he still considers Ken Johnson a prospect. And I don't know if it's like Kent's like third year. Right. Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure what the scenario is there. Um, but nevertheless, I mean like Ken Johnson. I wonder if, I wonder if he considers Connor Bedard a prospect. I don't think so. Interesting. Um, but Ken Johnson, number one, David Yurichek, number two, Dead Matejek, number three, Jordan Demay, number four, Gavin Brindley, number five, and then um, Stanislav Svoza, Luca Delbalbaluz, William Whitelaw, Luca Pinelli, and Andrew Strathman round out the top ten. But, I mean, there are players that even still, like, I don't mention in there that top ten um, that I think have potential to be quality Blue Jackets, even at some point, even if not just, like, have a role in the organization. But, I mean, like, sincerely, I think Corson Kuhlmans is going to have a chance to – play in the NHL at some degree. Uh, he's number 11. Sergey Ivanov is a 19-year-old playing in the KHL. Seems to be making an impact to some extent. He's number 12. James Malatesta playing well at 13. 14 is Hunter McCown. Um, you know, Hunter McCown, you know, played well enough when he was in Columbus last year. Um, but generally speaking, it looks like They've got some pretty good, like, tier one players in Ken Johnson and David Yerchek, and then um, the rest of them kind of fall into play from there. But I, they could be so good <laughs> in, under the right leadership, and that's why I think this GM search is so important. Like, that's what I think, like, when I hear those prospect rankings, I mean, like, I don't think that it shocks you to hear that we're a top five prospect pool uh, per Scott's rankings, but – when you hear that, like, does that not just emphasize for you just how important this GM hire is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, truly, um, you know, I think the word era is, you know, kind of getting overused in, in this time of life right now. Damn but we it, should... Taylor Swift. It's like all your <laughs> I fault. love her so much, but damn her. Um, but th- we are going to be entering into a brand new era of the Blue Jackets with this new GM. I mean... Yarmo was at the helm for 11 years and had a very specific way that he liked to handle, you know, everyone from the top down, like from his staff to the coaches, to the players, to the player development, to all that sort of stuff. So, and if they stay true to what they're saying, which is that they're going to search basically to the ends of the earth for this next person, um, you got to hope that this person and their vision that they have for the team is going to be something that, you know, we can get behind and support for the next five to 10 years is my assumption. So teams don't really change GMs all that often. Um, They usually stay for the long haul in most. Well, and especially not in the conservative ownership that is this ownership, right? Like they're not like pressing this team to make a lot of ownership or a lot of GM changes frequently. Right. And also I think it's, you know, much like anything, like it is good to get into like um, a rhythm or like a, you know, just a good, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Like flow, just, I guess is the best. Yeah. Way like a like, flow yeah. with someone and like really get, cause if you're constantly changing something as major as the general manager of a team, like it's just going to start getting confusing because, and it, you know, it'll bring about a lot of turnover and all this sort of stuff. Like it just gets too complicated. So you want to get into like a nice, you know, relationship from again, the top down um, and sort of keep that and try it out for a while. Um, so yeah, it is a big deal and it's going to be a big deal because we're probably going to get or have the opportunity to get another high, um, number in the draft since we are fourth from the bottom. Um, (laughs) and I don't see that number increasing, um, anytime soon. Uh, but so, yeah, so we need someone who's going to manage that pick really well, we need someone who's going to have a vision for the development um, of this very talented prospect pool that we have. Um, I think that as much as I was kind of joking about how often 
they refer to us as a young team. Like we are a young team. And even though Bucicross said this tonight, that he's like, Columbus fans have been hearing this for a long time, that like the future is bright and all this sort of stuff. And they have all these, this young talent to like look forward to. I do think we're finally getting to that point where the young talent is coming to fruition because they're actually getting to the age and the skill level that they're going to be playing in Columbus. And they're not just playing in Cleveland or in the KHL or in Canada. Like, you know, they're actually getting their way to Columbus and we can start reaping the benefits of this incredible prospect pool that we have. Um, And yeah, I mean, I would say that I'm super bummed that we won't get to uh, see uh, the prospects this year at Traverse City, but we'll be doing something way more important, um, which is attending Danny and Kyle's wedding. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's a it's going to be a great year for our uh, future Blue Jackets. Well, in my I, opinion. No, I, I totally agree. And this is the thing that I think is the most interesting, at least about the GM hire, right? Is like people comment on like the, the talent that Yarmo has brought in. Uh, and all that is true. T- like you can't like discount that, right? Like the, the players that are in the, that room or, or on this depth chart, like they're there at his leadership, right? And so that is what it is. But, you know, it's one of those things where, I don't know that you need a general manager who is necessarily like the scout scout, right? Like, I don't know that he's necessarily got to be this, like, you know, catch talent from across the room. And, you know, obviously you need a guy who's going to still like find guys like in the draft and is going to every now and again, hit on a free agent signing out of uh, like Europe or, you know, college, right? Like you need that every now and again, right? You can't just, you know, coast but at the same time everybody that i just said right like i mean like those are all people who are going to be fighting for nhl roster spots at some point like and eventually you're also like supplementing that with veteran talent that you already either have currently or like are going to be supplementing over the course of the next few years like you don't necessarily need a gm who's going to come in and be the best like prospect like developer or like developer yes like prospect scout not necessarily and so Manager, though, yes. And so that's what I'm most excited for is seeing how this prospects prospect pool gets managed. I think that part, like you said, is the most important piece. Um, and that's what I think makes this job so palatable to so many people. And so we'll see where that goes. But, Laura, obviously a big task for this front office is going into the trade deadline, trying to figure out what to do. Obviously, you're a seller at this point. Uh, what that means and who that means, that's obviously up for debate. And I think we'll talk about that on a future episode. But Hey, I, you know what? I don't know about you, but it's they, life has been kind of chaotic. Yeah. Has it been for you? It, it has. And, and I, I will beg to reason that it maybe has been for a few of our listeners. I would go with that. And if that's the case, I think maybe we should brush them up on where things lie right now as well, because I frankly need it. And I think they might too. Sounds good to me. So we're heading into this week and a half that will be, which as Laura, Laura dreads it. I love it. But I think it's like, it's where so many things take shape, right? Like it's so many things about the future of so many hockey teams. And, uh, you know, even if we don't necessarily recognize it now, because I don't, I honestly, like my hot take is I don't think the Blue Jackets are going to be like super duper active. That's my hot take in my two cents, but uh, I could be wrong. I have been before, but I like, there could be things that happen that affect what the Blue Jackets do this off season, what they do. Like, so I just like, I love this time of year. Uh, and so knowing where the movers and the shakers sit, kind of knowing who the people are going to be at the deadline, who the, um, the players are going to be right. Like, because again, like if you're sitting out of it, like at the deadline, like you're probably not going to be a team that's going to be a mover uh, and you're not going to be looking for somebody. So you might be more of a seller. Right. And so obviously like, Sure, a team like, say, Ottawa might be interested in, say, a Adam Boquist, in theory. That trade doesn't make sense in February or March, right? Like, that trade maybe is an off-season trade, and I also, if that trade happens, know nothing. 
Um, <laughs> Laura, here we go. So let's start with the Metro. So the Metro has been an interesting division to watch this year, mostly because I feel like the Devils have not been anywhere near as good as they seemed like they were going to be. And then the Flyers have been so much better than originally anticipated. And so right now you've got the Rangers sitting at number one. Uh, they've got 83 points. You've got the uh, Hurricanes at two at 78 points. And then significantly behind them, so you've pretty much got your one and two locked in. But you've got the um, Flyers at sixty nine points, and then one nice. game. Let's say that again. I said nice. Nice, yeah, no shit. Um, and then you've got sixty four points for the New Jersey Devils, who have played fifty nine games at this point. Same uh, marks there for the Islanders, and then honestly, like the Penguins and the and the Capitals aren't much farther behind them. Out of that whole group, actually, the Penguins have the best points percentage. Uh, the Blue Jackets are the only team in the Metro with the points percentage under 500 at a whopping 407, and they sit in, in, in the bottom of the of the Metro. So that sucks, right? Yeah, that's not great. But if you look over in the Atlantic, uh, so you've got Florida and Boston duking it out to see who's going to be number one over there. That's going to be like... That's going to be such an interesting one because right now, like Florida's got the edge in terms of points percentage, but like the loser of that whole thing will face more than likely, um, unless Detroit does something like more than likely Toronto, and that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, Toronto is always a great time in the playoffs for the one round that they're in. I love it. Um, okay, so. Uh, they're doing it out though, uh, 84 points. And so then you've got Toronto there at three and then Detroit sits at four and Tampa Bay at five with 70 points. And so that kind of gives you a picture of the wild card. You really like, if you're a Metro team and you want to make the playoffs, you're probably going to want to do it by way of finishing uh, third at this point. Like it feels like you've pretty much all but locked in, those top two teams in New York and in Carolina. Um, and so maybe if you're in New Jersey, your only way of getting in is catching up with Philadelphia, but like that doesn't seem super likely. So you don't honestly, like, I don't, I don't know how active you're going to be if you're any of these teams in the East at the deadline. Yeah. It's so competitive and like so close all the time in the East and especially in the Metro, like, it's just so ridiculous. I mean, with the exception of us, obviously, we've, we've been the outlier for the last couple of years. But, um, you know, it's always so close and, like, just, it's a weird, and I know it's because of geographically, since they made the changes. But, like, it's just such a weird amalgamation of, like, so much talent in, like, these these two parts of the East. Um, the Metro and the Atlantic because it's just so much, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, because the points differentials versus the West is kind of larger and, you know, I don't know. It's just a weird and interesting way to divide because in an ideal world, you'd be able to spread out those super competitive teams um, and like put them in different divisions. So then that way, like it would be, a more well-rounded experience, but you know, we did used to be in a, a division where West coast teams were right. It was West. I don't remember who was in that division when they were. It wasn't, it wasn't like West coast necessarily, but it was like, it, it was honestly like not too dissimilar from the COVID season where like they were playing. Um, Cause it was like uh, Nashville, Chicago, St. Louis, Dallas, um, and then obviously they had a couple of teams added in there that are in the East still like Detroit and stuff. But then the, so Detroit was in that division. Um, I feel like I can't remember if they were in a division with Minnesota or if they just played Minnesota a lot. So really yeah. just more of actual middle of the country. Yeah. It was really just kind of like middle, but obviously though, like they did play in the same way that like the blue jackets right now play like, um, you know, name any Atlantic team like the like the 
bolts like the maple leafs like they play them still three times versus twice like they play them more frequently um same was true back then so they were still traveling to the west a lot more often it was hell oh god i just remembered how that covid season was divided yeah i tried to forget it and like the weird sponsored divisions oh my god i did forget about that part because we were like the discover the discover central division or something like that yeah yeah oh i hated that so much playing the same team over and over and over again it was bad yeah it was not a good time oh it was gross Especially because I don't remember who it was. It might have been, oh, it might have been Nashville where they just, we just lost so terribly. Well, and Chicago. We were really bad against Chicago. Oh, it was Chicago. Yeah. I think we lost like seven of the eight games against Chicago or something like that. It was bad. Yeah. It was was really bad. Pookie was not having a good time. No, it was bad, bad news bears. No, but oh, that was it's God COVID again in like 25 years. The like things that are going to be written about how COVID just changed our entire existence is going to be. Yeah, the things that I'll remember crazy. from it, the things that I'll be traumatized from it, the list is going to be long and on it will be sponsored divisions <laughs> from the so NHL. Sponsored divisions, no fans. Yeah, correct. Pumped in uh, crowd noise. But no, I mean, like, sincerely, I don't see teams like I I think that Tampa Bay, like I can see them, you know, wanting to make a push for some of our blue line talent, you know, especially because of the injuries that they've had on the blue line this season. Uh, you know, I, I think is it Sergachev that's out for the rest of the season now, mm-hmm. like his injury. So like he's, you know, I mean, like they need to figure out a way to shore up their blue line if they want to make a difference in uh, in the playoffs. So, like, I could see them being a potential trade partner and then any other team that's in that playoff discussion at this point, I think, is somebody you could dance with. Moving to the West, though, I mean, this is (laughs) – I don't know. I don't think it's going to be nearly as spicy, (laughs) per se, uh, in in either of the conferences this year in terms of, like, getting down to the end of the season, Uh, you know – Right now, you've got five points separating uh, the in and out of the of the Western Wild Card as well, and it's just yeah. I mean, Edmonton, kudos to them; they've clawed their way back into it pretty significantly. Like they're like nine points above the cutoff line, but and they're in the third spot in the Pacific. But you've got Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado are in the top three in the Central. Vancouver, Vegas, Edmonton, top three in the Pacific. Nashville and LA, which Nashville is crazy to me. They have played 61 games, so they've played more games than a lot of other teams, but they've played, they've got 70 points. So they're going to be a team that could be in on some things, but they also like probably should sell. Like they probably should trade UC Soros. Like they should probably do some stuff. And yet they're probably like, it's going to be interesting to see if they do anything to better their future or if they're just going to like continue to just try to be mediocre. Well, there is always that. Um, like coming from a Blue Jackets fan who like is used to like the fight for mediocrity. True, very true. I did hear this has absolutely nothing to do with Nashville, but um, I did hear last night when we were playing New York that uh, they might be interested in former Blue Jacket, current Seattle Kraken, uh, Alexander Wenberg. Because um, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. And so far there hasn't apparently been much rumblings about Seattle um, wanting to keep him. And um, obviously like he's bounced around a little bit, but I was like, Oh, when he in New York, although I don't love him being back in our like area, but would be interesting. He'd rejoin Panarin. <sighs> who we're just turning him into a Batman villain. Yeah, we're doing a pretty good job of it, too. Did you see his celly the other night when he was in Columbus? No, I missed that. So he scored. They did their little, like, huddle celebration. And when he was on the way back to 
the Rangers bench, he put his hand up to his ear like the Miz or like the Rock. Right. Um, <laughs> like, and did the whole, like, let me hear your booze situation. So. Damn. And, like, he's right. Like, he, like, made us. Well, yeah. Because he pretty regularly, excuse my French, makes us his bitch whenever we play. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say it, but I was going to let you say it if you wanted to. <laughs> so, you know. It's just also weird because his helmet doesn't fit anymore now that he's bald. It's just such an interesting choice. What an interesting man. He is an interesting man. He did like a real Britney Spears and decided to just, that's how he was going to change everything was to just cut all of his hair out. Just for forever. For forever but yeah so that's what the league looks like right now at least and so that that gives you an idea of like who could potentially be in on some of the players that we have in columbus that could be looking for new homes around the deadline so that gives you a little bit of a primer on what we could be looking at come march 8th in columbus but laura i mean that honestly like in terms of news and notes for things going on in columbus just about does it things are Definitely quieting down here in Columbus, which is weird. It seems like this time of year, like this is when things are ramping up. But I think honestly, like we are, this is, uh, we are experiencing our first uh, major blip in an NHL calendar without Jarmo Kekalainen. I think Jarmo Kekalainen brought a lot of noise around this team, good or bad. And I think that we're missing some of that around this deadline. And, uh, you know, again, good or bad. So um, I kind of miss it. But I like the drama. That's just me, though. I know that you're probably feeling a little differently. But uh, this one feels a little bit calmer as we walk into it. We'll have some more preview stuff coming your way for the week ahead. But, Laura, is there anything else on your hockey heart as we begin to unwind this one? Well, in what I'm calling Bemmer Watch, Emil Bemstrom did score the first of his necessary six goals. Um, in his yeah. in his debut as a penguin, um, so one down, five to go. I love that. I will contemplate. I don't mean this. Getting an Emil Bemstrom jersey, <laughs> Penguins jersey. As I was say, you didn't buy one when he was a Blue Jacket, so please don't buy one when he's a Penguin. Yeah, but you have to understand that I really have to just do this based on like, like I just have to do this based on the bit. Okay. It's your money. So I just have so little of it. I really can't do much for the bit. Me too. But Hey, if they wanted to give us more money so we could do more things for the bit. That would be great. And I know a way they could do that. Buy our merch. Yeah, but you know it better than I do. Oh, are we at that point in the show? Yeah, kind of, right? Like, is there anything else on your, like, soul? Like, I don't really have anything. No. We just normally transition a little bit more officially to this part. No, I was just going to dive right messy into it. Okay. So, yeah. It's the witching hours. It's officially March. It is officially March. Oh, since um, this is fun. What is birthday month? Obviously. But when this comes out, it is officially one year until the Blue Jackets play in the show. Oh, yeah. It sure is. Wow. What a journey that'll be. Holy hell. (laughs) So we have 365 days to talk about playing in the show. Trust me, we are going to do it. So. We are sure going to do it. But in the meantime, you can follow... Our personal Twitter accounts are ITR Jeremy and ITR Laura. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. We do have a website, subjectlyspeaking.com. Um, like Jeremy said, if you want to give us more money and support your two favorite hockey podcasters, um, you can go to our merch store and Get some sweet merch in exchange, which is subjectivelymerch.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Um, scroll on down, hit five stars, 
it is our favorite number. And we don't know how the algorithm works, but we do. We just know that um, your likes and subscriptions and all that stuff helps to get us noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. And other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, please make sure that you're taking care of yourselves. Please make sure that you're taking care of one another. And please make sure that you remember and always do truly remember that hockey is for everyone. And we do, do, do mean everyone. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye. And also make sure you wish Laura a happy birthday.